Welcome to Legacy Women's Podcast, where we seek to encourage women in their relationship with God and one another through monthly conversations with the women of Cornerstone Church of Knoxville. All right. Well, thanks for joining us again for the podcast. And today I'm going to be talking to four ladies who have all done premarital counseling for a number of years. And we're going to draw from their experience and wisdom so that we can grow as wives. And you guys are all um, wonderful examples of wives as well. And so we're going to learn a lot from your examples too. And um, so thanks so much for being here and being willing to share. And could each of you introduce yourselves? Will you start, Sherry? Sure. I'm Sherry Hayden. I have four children, 21 down to 14, and I've been married 26 years and homeschooled my kids. Anybody else you want to know? I'm Vanessa Williams, and I'm married to Lawrence Williams, and I've been a part of Cornerstone for, for over 30 years. And um, we have two children, Kendall, who is 22, just graduated from, from college, and Elena, who's 19, and she's a sophomore at Pellissippi. And uh, Lawrence and I did premarital counseling for about seven and a half years. I'm Trina Lewis, and um, I have four children. Um, I'm married to John, and we have four children, um, two sets of twins, actually. Um, Brett and Kim are 27, and James and Melanie are 22. Uh, we've been doing premarital counseling for going on six years. I'm Susan Brelsford, and I'm married to Kent. We've been married 32 years, and we have three adult children. We've been attending Cornerstone for about eight years and have had the opportunity to spend some time with premarital counseling for the last mm, four, three or four years. Great. Vanessa, can you share your salvation testimony with us? Okay. <clears throat> uh, I was raised in a Christian home and um, uh, parents and grandparents are very influential in my life and uh, prayer was very important in our family. Um, and just seeing my dad lead by example, uh, my dad would would pray every morning when he woke up, and he would kneel before the bed and he would pray, and every night before he went to bed he would always pray. And just watching that was just you know very influential and and just uh, just really amazing in my life and um, through our family. And uh, I always had awareness of God's presence in my life, although in my seventh grade year. <clears throat> high school, I mean middle school, uh, someone shared the gospel with me and, um, and just shared about Jesus and, and I accepted Jesus in my heart. And after that, I would um, was just love God and just serve the Lord and, and as a seventh grader middle school would do, and uh, I would read my Bible every school day during recess. And um, my friends would, of course, make fun of me and just uh, so after a while, I just, you know, having fear of man or just man pleasing, I just kind of stopped and just didn't, you know, didn't get my Bible out anymore. But anyway, so throughout my high school years, I began to, you know, just hang out with my friends and just start doing foolish things. And um, and uh, in my mind, I was my rebellion. I felt was against my parents. I never saw it as rebelling against God. And <clears throat> when, when I sinned, I would always pray and just ask God forgiveness and. Um, and after, I guess, several years and into my high, my college years, um, I just had such a longing for the Lord more and just I knew there was 
um, more spiritually and I wanted to grow deeper in, in an understanding of the gospel. And one of my brothers, my oldest brother, he was a pastor of uh, Apostolic Church and um, and I would talk to him and his wife and just ask questions and just, just really just digging, trying to dig deeper and just get a better understanding of, of God's truth and, and his word. And uh, fast forward to my sophomore year in college, um, <clears throat> uh, friends and I, were, we were going to a fraternity party and and as we were walking to the party um, across campus, I just felt the nudging of the Holy Spirit. Just and He just it was just like the Lord just stopped me in my tracks, and He told me not to go. And I told my friends I can't go, and I just turned around. It was just like the Lord just turned me around, and I walked back to my dorm. And so I went to my dorm that night, and I was just 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 got before for the Lord, and I was just praying, and I just felt the presence of God just so strong. And if anybody had walked in that room, they were just singing the Holy Spirit and um, just got on my face before God and I just cried out to him and um, and just just repented my sins and just asked the Lord to forgive me and I just you know just renewed my faith in the Lord and um, a few days later I was baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit and the, and the anointing of the, of the Holy Spirit and um, just started beginning uh, to tell my friends about about it and just you know just really sharing what the Lord had done in my life and friends, friends of mine invited me to a, their campus ministry, and, and I started going there and just doing Bible studies, and um, just would just I tell people I would just I would even just share the gospel with a tree. I mean, I would just speak, <laughs> tell everybody about the Lord. It was just uh, really exciting to me, and so and um, just yeah, and God's faithfulness has just been in in my life, and He's been faithful, and just His grace has sustained me these last 38, 38 years. So. Wow, <laughs> that's great. That's very encouraging. 38 years later, and you've been the same church 30 years. I mean, that's, that is God's faithfulness. Thanks for sharing that. Um, well, let's just start and go right into the questions. Um, the first one I had was, as you've done premarital counseling, what are some of the big picture things that you're hoping to encourage women in? Um, Trina, will you start? Sure. Um, well, I guess two of the things that, I, that I'm thinking of are, um, first would be the purpose of marriage. Uh, oftentimes people think or they assume that the purpose of marriage is for your happiness or for your personal fulfillment. And I think people can maybe even flip that and think that it's for your spouse's happiness. But in fact, marriage is, um, is God's and the purpose of marriage is to glorify God. Uh, the Apostle Paul says that when he's talking about marriage, he says, this mystery is profound. I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. Um, the, the purpose of marriage is to reflect um, Christ's relationship with his church. And so I would just want all of us to better understand that, that it's bigger than us. It's, um, it's not about us. It's about God. Um, and then the second thing, I think, uh, as far as a big item would be um, just to remind people, and I have to remind myself of this as well because I'm still learning, but you're not going to know everything immediately. You're, you've got time to, to uh, be a better helper to your husband and all of the things that we're called to do. You're not going to have this down. Uh, we always tell the wives and, um, or the, the engaged couples, um, Lord willing, they're going to have years and years to get to know one another. And so um, they're not going to know um, how to serve their husbands best and how to uh, be a helper to their husbands. Um, 
immediately. Uh, they're going to have to figure out, you know, what when is the best time to talk to somebody uh, or talk to my husband? Um, when is the when is the best time to address these things? And, and so they've got lots of time uh, to, great. to do that. Susan, what would you say? Well, um, it kind of echoes some of what Trina has said. And but I was thinking about you know our marriages are pictures of Christ and the church, and to me that is constant forgiveness and redemption and um, you know, we we constantly are sinning against each other because we're sinners and we're we need the Lord and um, and we are forgiven you know we forgive each other and that you know it's a it's a picture of Christ and the church mm-hmm. and how he redeems us um, and that's very unique in today's culture because uh, and we're called to honor and serve one another, um, and that's motivated out of our understanding of our forgiveness and our redemption from Christ. So that's kind of what I would like to tell these young couples. It, but it applies to all of us all right. the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sherry, what would you say? Well, I'm listening to their answers, and mine are a little more practical. That's like, great. Where the rubber That's meets all we the have road. four people here. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, I something that I typically say over and over again during the weeks that we do premarital counseling is keep a short stack. And um, by that, I'm just referring to not allow bitterness to grow. Um, but I always have to... I always have to put a caveat with that. It doesn't mean let's address every single thing every time we have, like don't just hash it out immediately when it happens. And um, so often I'll say, keep a short stack. And then three weeks later I'll say, oh, and and if you keep a short stack, this is easier, you know? Mm -hmm. And so one of the things, what I mean by that is when, if, if you find yourself offended or you find a pattern of behavior that's constantly discouraging you you find a time away from the offense to address it in a loving way and um that that's keeping a short stack you know that's good Vanessa what would you say yeah you kind of go along with um pretty much what Trina was saying you know marriage is a kind of before the before the Lord and it's to glorify God And it's, you can't go into your marriage uh, being selfish, you know, wanting wanting your own way, um, having expectations of the other person, and because you're going to be disappointed, there will, you will find discontentment and unhappiness because you're trying to find happiness through your marriage, and only Jesus can bring that happiness. And um, marriage is a journey, and um, you know you want to find the joy in your in, in your journey, and you. You want to have Jesus Christ as a center of your marriage. Good. Um, what are some of the common areas of conflict and difficulty for wives? And so how have you sought to help women with some of those more common um, areas? Sherry? Well, I, it was interesting to think about. Um, I think sometimes being mis- misunderstood might be an area that's really difficult. I know it is for me, and I see it when I'm doing counseling. And um, and being misunderstood is hard. You know, timing is everything in this situation, I think. And what I mean is we have to be willing to be misunderstood in the moment, but not over the long haul. We need to be able to communicate with our, with our spouse about... Um, how we really feel in a calm way, not in the in the moment of offense, but 
to step back and recognize, think about it for long enough to realize why is this hard for me? Is it my pride? Is it, you know, do I need to change something instead of automatically saying you need to do something different? Just step back for a while when you've been misunderstood and think about why, why does it bother me so much that he doesn't completely understand me, you know? And I think another area might be unmet expectations. And I think you guys were talking mm-hmm. about that, you know, finding your joy and your marriage yeah. instead of in the Lord. But mm-hmm. I think um, unmet expectations can be a, a difficult thing in a marriage. And I've been trying to encourage the young women that, and you know, instead of saying to their spouse, I wish you'd do this more often, you know, just say, you know, it really encourages me when you do this. I love it when you do that. Just 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 a simple twist in the way that we communicate can mm-hmm. can i don't know be really respectful and uh more helpful in conversation and communication so that's good vanessa yeah i definitely agree with what Cher was saying communication is is probably one of the the top things that people have uh conflict over and um you know when she wives we need to be honest and open and and also we need to be true listeners and just really um assuring our husband that that we're hearing what they're saying and they and we and they can trust us and um and asking questions and we need to ask questions and don't assume um you know something uh, know what he's saying or what he's what he's trying to say but you need to ask questions if you if you have a misunderstanding about what he's trying to communicate that's definitely one of the big ones, I think. Yeah, Trina. Yeah. So along with that, um, one of the things that um, that we've noticed, especially for the young women, um, is that a lack of transparency, um, so to speak, um, or maybe I should say, just difficulty in letting their at this point when they're engaged, their fiance seeing their their heart, and so um, these young girls have spent years and years guarding their heart and they should but now as they're going into this deeper closer relationship as they're heading towards marriage they sometimes still it's hard for them to share um and so say for instance um somebody gets their the the way young girl gets their feelings hurt about something but just kind of gets quiet and then her fiance is confused and it typically (laughs) leads to a conflict and so we just encourage them to share their heart be honest about your feelings go ahead and explain what's going on and that is really hard to do yeah it is (laughs) Uh, what would you say Susan I think that's really good what she just said (laughs) um well, I went a little bit different, but I just thinking about conflicts and difficulties um, in premarital counts, uh, conversations that we have had. All of the young ladies are very intelligent and well equipped and educated, and many have worked on their own for some time and have their own money and a hefty bank account and. And they don't want somebody telling them that they need to submit to their husbands. And it, it's, a, it's a hard concept um, from the world's perspective. Um, it's a word that's very out of vogue. And um, it's, that has been something that we've really had to be very careful how we talk about it with these young couples and especially these very independent, very 
creative and strong women that we are talking with, but just to go back to scripture and talk about um, how we are created in the image of God and equally created before him and there are different roles and just to help them think through you know that someone has to stand accountable before God well from biblical perspective it's the husband he has a harder job I think Mm -hmm. and you know we you know wives we have to learn to be honoring and respectful and I think these things that they've talked about the communication and and being transparent that all goes right into being submission being submissive or it's it's um, letting the husband know what your needs are so that he can help guide and help make those decisions you know and so anyway it's it's um, that's kind of one of the biggest things that we have seen um, someone has to lead someone has to follow someone is is going to be accountable for the decisions of the family and someone is the main supporting role for that top person and it's all about order and God is a God of order and that's the way he set it up and it's not to demean anyone or say that anybody is less important but it's it's an order that um, glorifies God and it it uh, reflects Christ in the world and that's a that's a big deal so I had a I had a really hard time with that when we first got married I was very career-minded and we'd both get home at five o'clock and Chuck would say what's for dinner and I'd just laugh and look at him like I don't know what's for dinner you know like I just was I was not where I am now and I had not been given a biblical picture and I I did not see things from God's point of view of the beauty of the leadership and the following and the and I am so thankful he captured my heart and turned my heart towards that because it works a lot better I'll just tell you it did not work very well when (laughs) when I was not um, stepping into my role and I was I was uh, fighting against it I you know so I'm really thankful and I find myself now totally thankful that Chuck's the responsible one and I and he has to answer to God and he <laughs> I've, I fully have embraced it I've come full circle and um, before that it, it was difficult our first couple years of marriage were very hard because I wasn't um, in God's will with that so that's that's helpful that's good um is there anything you would want all wives to know or believe regarding their marriage sherry um proverbs 15 1 a soft answer turns away wrath but a harsh word stirs up anger and i just say that because a lot of times when we're offended we want to lash out right then and um I've just found it in my marriage that if I'm quiet and I process what's just happened and I think about it and um, typically even I've learned to trust that my husband will come back and say I'm really sorry you know and um, we've just learned a way a pattern like that where I know if I'm quiet and I just give him grace and I give him time um, to think that we'll come back and we will talk about it and Chuck and I often tell the couples in premarital counseling that we tell couples that there's safety in this covenant that they're entering in you have time 
it's not like if you don't resolve this right now, things are going to go awry or you're, you're going to split up. You've got time to work this out. And there's just that comfort, that base level, that foundation of that we're in a covenant to make this work. So you don't have to work it out right then. So that's, that's what I would want them to know is just just to be calm in the in the storm and a soft answer turns away wrath. It's just easier to recover from a misunderstanding if you haven't spoken harsh words, so. That's good. Vanessa? I definitely agree with what Cher was saying, you know. <clears throat> also too, you know, um, keeping Jesus the center of your marriage and, uh, and when you do have those conflicts or situations where you don't understand each other just know that your husband cannot read your mind and you do need to tell him what's going on when you when you give him the silent treatment or um just just kind of have an attitude about what's going on or or situation that say if there is he comes home and wants to know what's for dinner you know and you want to um kind of get an attitude or just kind of not say anything about it you just really need to talk things through and just have, you know, just so he can understand what's going on. Yeah, so I definitely agree with what Shira was saying. Trina? And one thing I'd like um, people to realize is that they are not alone in their struggles. Um, I, I think a lot of times people can think that they're the only ones with these thoughts, or, or we're the only couple who argues, or we're all by ourselves. And so I, I'd like them to know that that's not true, that you're not alone, that... Um, you know, there is um, no temptation that has overtaken them that is not common to man. Mm-hmm. And God, God's word tells us that clearly. Um, and one of the things that we encourage uh, the couples that we talk with um, to do is to develop friendships with other couples that you can be honest with. And this couple um, can be someone you share things with and they call you out if need be or just encourage you and someone you can be honest with. That's good. Susan? Well, um, (laughs) I just was thinking, you know, marriage isn't easy. Um, And that Prince Charming that you are marrying is a sinner. and And he will disappoint you. And you are a sinner and you will disappoint him. And... Mm -hmm. Um, a verse that the Lord gave me long before I was married um, is Psalm 146, uh, 3. It says, Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man, in whom there is no salvation. Blessed is he, or she, whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God. And this passage reminds me in my own marriage to keep my eyes on my God, my rock, the one in whom I can trust always. And all the reason I say that is because it's so easy for engaged couples to and married couples, and I've done it in my own marriage, to put that marriage on a pedestal and it becomes the idol and then when things start falling apart and people disappoint each other you get angry and frustrated and and all been in on yourself the point is keep our eyes on our God who is our salvation who is our helper and all that being said you know it it is a privilege 
to be able to walk through this life here on earth. It's okay. With I said, your this is a women's podcast. We yeah. can cry here. Yeah, it's a yeah. safe place. Well, it is a privilege. You know, God has given you this man. This is his grace in your life, even if it's hard. You should trust God for this. It's part of your sanctification to learn to get along with him mm-hmm. and for him to get along with you and, and to walk together um, through this life. Very good. Scripture speaks to wives in many ways, but uh, what we'll see most particularly when we look at Scripture is um, encouragement toward loving, respecting, and submitting to our husbands. So can you speak to these in a real-life kind of way? Um, What does it look like for you to love and respect your husband and affirm his leadership? And so how would you encourage a woman who wants to grow in these areas, Trina? Sure. Um, Well, when I think about submission, um, sometimes I laugh and say, well, I have no problem with that at all, the concept of it anyway. Um, I think it's right and, and a good thing, but it's the, the doing it <laughs> that is so difficult, and it is difficult. Um, all of those things are just very difficult. And so I think um, the first thing I that comes to my mind is that um, when I think of submitting to John, I have to remember to trust God in this. Um, my hope and faith cannot be in, in my husband's care for me solely. Um, he is a human. He's going to make mistakes. Uh, but knowing that John's leadership is a part of God's goodness to me allows me to relax a little bit in this. Um, and so, uh, so trusting God, but also, and I think someone here said this, I I think I was really confused about submission for many years and thinking that submission meant that I just didn't say anything. So if John made a decision and I had a whole bunch of things to say about it, well, it was more godly to keep quiet. And that's actually not the case at all. I'm called to be his helper, helper's help. And so I need to explain everything I see to him, but ultimately knowing that he's going to make the final decision, but as his helper to come and bring to him all the things I see is, you know, doesn't deter um, submission at all. It's actually being more helpful. So that's, that's been um, eye-opening for me to realize. Vanessa, what would you say? I'm loving my husband by helping him. Um, when he asks me to do something, when he, when he needs my help, um, I need to, to do those things and serving him and not forgetting. Well, so many times he's asked me to do things and I just totally forget about it and not, you know, just just forgot. Just, just you know, and when he, a task that needs to be done and just, um, and I just have to like, you know, I'm just really sorry. I totally forgot about that. And, and you know, ask him, find out what things he needs help with. And do those things and not, you know, you want to be helpful, but you've got to actually do what you, he's asked you to do. And being respectful to him by, by letting him lead and um, pray for him, you know, speaking highly of him to other people. And um, when he's talking to, a, you know, just affirm what he's saying, uh, um, it really makes a difference when you're just really intent on, on 
looking at him, looking in his eyes and just really affirming what he's talking about. You know, if he's talking about, you know, just something theological or just just talking about his day. I mean, just really want to know about his day at work or or issues and trials that he's going through. Just really um, when you really care and you let him know that you're praying for him. And um, yeah, so um, those are things I think that really helps. Uh, to affirm your love and your your respect and uh, your submission towards your husband. Susan? Well, um, I am, and I will always be learning and needing to grow in these areas. Um, Kit and I often tell each other that we love um, ourselves more than each other. (laughs) Um, But uh, practically, I think of ways that I can be a helper, um, wake up in the morning how can I help my husband today even if it's just a little thing like mowing the grass or making sure his underwear drawer is stocked Um, and I think of things that I'm thankful for in this man and in our marriage Uh, sometimes that can be tough Um, like only small things you know like maybe he doesn't throw his socks all over the house or he makes the coffee every morning or there might be big things that you know I'm thankful for you know he loves God and people he cares for me and this honors God he loves our family or he works harder than any person I know every single day um you know he but just learning to be thankful and practicing being thankful helps me to die to myself and love him more and be more and that helps me be respectful. That's great. Sherry? Well, I'm thinking about in uh, premarital counseling or even post-marital counseling, some of the premarital couples come back and are like, can we go over this book again? You know, <laughs> and, uh, and I'm referring to Love That Lasts with mm-hmm. the Rikuchis. But um, in a real way, let's see, it says, can you speak about this in a real life way? And a lot of times the, the young wives are frustrated that their husband's not leading well. They're just sort of like roommates and they're just each doing their own thing. And um, it's interesting to speak into that and say, well, how do I, how do I follow if he's not leading? And so there's, there's little ways to show respect that will, uh, what did I write here? I wrote, a husband who feels respected, even in the smallest ways, will be more inclined to step out and lead. And, and by small ways, I mean very small ways. Just And um, I think like Vanessa said, one way that we can respect our husbands is to speak highly of them to others. Neighbors, friends, our in-laws, our parents, all of that matters. And, um, and it makes a big difference in how he feels loved and things like that. But also even just something as simple as instead of asking my friend, what should I do about this situation? I ask him, I ask his advice, because that's showing respect. I, I value Chuck's opinion, you know, and he knows whether I do or not by the way I treat him. So I think that's the way I would answer that question. I also want to add to that too, just when you were talking about, you know, speaking highly of your husband to your, your parents or in-laws, and one thing you don't want to do is when you're upset with him and you're nagging or being critical, do not <laughs> take it from me. Do not talk negative about your husband to your parents <laughs> oh. or to your family members. Because once <laughs> you, you have, have you have reconciled <laughs> that that uh, situation and you're 
lovey-dovey and all back to normal again and the next time they see your parents or his you see his parents or whatever um you can sense that tension that they have toward him and um and he's like trying to figure out what what happened what's going on and you have you know just really you know just kind of broken that that trust when you've done that and uh, and it's it's hard to get back you know so i just encourage you ladies do not <laughs> say <laughs> negative things to, about your husband to your your parents <laughs> Well, also to add to that, um, one of the things I've started recently doing is when I feel my heart bristling up in rebellion and anger and I'm struggling, um, having a really bad day and John may be asking me to do something, I will just right then, right in the midst of it, silently pray. And it has been so helpful. The Lord meets us. It's one of those prayers of help, help me God, I'm not doing this well at all. And he's so faithful to meet us. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the last question I had was, um, from your personal experience, can you relate a particular situation or season or just area where God has proven faithful in your marriage? Susan? Mm-hmm. Well, there are so many ways over 32 years um, but back early in our marriage, we had a saying, we started um, that there is no plan B. And that just meaning we are in a covenant relationship. There's no plan B. We are going to work through it thick or thin. Um, but a, a few years ago, when the recession hit, we moved from our dream home into a condo that we couldn't sell because um, we're in real estate and development and the recession hit us pretty hard and um, our future financially was in, completely in shambles and we could not see any way out of a very, very deep, dark hole. And um, I remember talking to my dad and I know he was concerned about us. Um, and I remember saying, there's no plan B, Dad. <laughs> you know, we're going to stick through, stick together through thick or thin. But then our marriage became very rocky. Um, my husband is Mr. Sunshine. Any of you that know him know that. But he, um, he fell into a dark season of depression. And we were hurting beyond any anything that we ever imagined but our god was faithful um i somebody mentioned before you know surrounding yourselves with other married couples to encourage you our god was faithful we had had couples in our lives our entire entire married life and our um dear friends and care group leader Kevin Ship at the time, <laughs> and um, you know, pastoral staff came around us and counseled us, but they pointed us back to our sovereign God, who is our salvation and our hope. And um, we learned, I learned that I had plenty of logs in my own eyes, um, you know, my own sin. Uh, was clouding my vision and I had to come to the Lord myself and learn that he has forgiven me and 
and who was I to not forgive my husband and to encourage him in the gospel and just um, as the Lord was healing my heart to point him back to the Lord and um, God is so faithful Um, he is a redeemer and I think that's when I really began to see what marriage is about about this Christ in the church thing but we are so very thankful that we not long before all of this happened we had started attending Cornerstone and and we had amazing support that we just we were we are so thankful for this point Sherry well I think there's of course many over 26 years but um, one that changed the trajectory of our entire marriage as I referred to earlier is just my attitude at the beginning of our marriage and my just lack of knowledge of God's design for marriage Mm -hmm. And I had a dear, sweet friend who had read her Bible (laughs) and knew it really well. And um, she wasn't a super mom. You know, she was was just living life in front of me. And since she, I don't know, she had an incredible impact on me. Her name is Catherine Smith. And um, when we all had little kids and we couldn't go, when she and I had little, three or four little ones, we couldn't go to Bible study, so we decided to have one on our own in the home. And she chose um, wisdom for mothers, I think. And that's where God got a hold of my heart and changed my attitude toward. Because I don't know, I don't know about you, ladies, but I grew up in Dallas, and I watched commercials that they would they would portray a stay-at-home mom or a wife as ironing and she her face was covered with cold cream and her hair was in curlers and she just looked miserable and there were these commercials about Calgon take me away and and then they would show the career women just looking awesome and doing these great things so they the world made the the life of the Lord designed for me look not appealing at all and made this other life look appealing so I was I just grew up like that I just that was my opinion and the Lord used my friend and this Bible study together, even within the midst of craziness, kids everywhere. We were doing this Bible study, just getting into God's Word more than I had in a long, long time. And um, I think, and I, I count that as God's faithfulness in our marriage because it completely changed the trajectory. I mean, Chuck will say that mm-hmm. that was a turning point for us, you know, and um, I am so thankful that the Lord did that through mm-hmm. His servant, Catherine. Texas. That's great. Hope we all have women like that in our mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say, Vanessa? <clears throat> God has been so faithful um, just through all these years. When, uh, when we first married, I we both worked, and then when I had my first daughter, I became a stay-at-home mom. And that, uh, of course, at that time we were living on one income. And uh, living in one income and just being the person who, you know, kind of similar to what Sherry is saying, just had always worked, was a career person. And to come home and just knowing that um, there are certain things, little things that you would want and can't have or whatever. But uh, God was so faithful in those years, all these years. of And now that um, girls are older and God was able to... Um, allow my husband to well well at one point during this time he had lost his his lost his job and after 20 years and um 
uh, that was that was a, a tough time. And knowing that we um, getting ready to have a student in college and trying to pay college tuition. And it's just amazing because the Lord was so faithful and he just, you know, you just wonder, you know, where did the money come from? Because God, God did it. It was just amazing that for God to, uh, for us to see that, you know, what a testimony of, of the kindness and goodness of God. And, and just recently, um, <clears throat> uh, my husband had been diagnosed with thyroid cancer and uh, uh, just as a wife and trying to, you know, how do you, how do you encourage your husband? How do you support him in that? And, and I think I was being affected more just asking, you know, just trying to ask questions or just trying to draw him out. But I needed to really allow him to, to just really find his place in the Lord, um, through that, just understanding and trying to, trying to figure that out himself and, uh, and not, uh, push him and so I would just pray for him and um and just really trying to encourage him and just ask him you know ask him what he needed and how I could help him but um but it was just a, a amazing time where you know just really praying and just uh just a whole new perspective on prayer and um and just really being being in faith and uh for a healing for total healing and uh, it was just amazing because God miraculously healed my husband uh, from thyroid cancer so that that was just a recent situation and it has just been um, just we're so thankful it's been amazing to see God do that in our lives so that's great it's really great <laughs> um, Trina yeah. what would you yeah. say um, well uh, God has been completely faithful throughout our entire marriage um, so we walked through some really hard times and um, I don't think we really understood the gospel for many years, and I am just absolutely amazed when I look at my life now. Uh, I deserved God's wrath and eternal punishment, and yet he gives me abundant life. A home, a family, um, my church family, and the promise of eternal life. And God will never leave us or forsake us because of Jesus. And so that's why we rejoice, not because we do everything perfectly, because we don't. And so our marriage is a picture of not doing everything perfectly and for many years, not, maybe not doing anything perfectly, um, but Jesus did and he loves us. And so just God has been so faithful to us. Um, so I think of an example and one example, funny enough, is when Jeff asked us to do premarital counseling um, I think it was for us. <laughs> we read these books every time, mm -hmm. and, and we are understanding the purpose of marriage and how to resolve conflicts and all of this. And so we laugh every time uh, we read the books again. And um, we've just grown a lot, and we just uh, enjoy it. And then um, just another thing that God did for us, uh, two times in our marriage we moved out of state, and we didn't know anybody. And so we got somewhere and we had each other. And God just used that to bond our hearts together and have us lean on one another. And I just look at that as his faithfulness to us. That's so great. Well, you guys have served us so well. This is um, really, really helpful. You, you really shared wonderful wisdom. And so I'm really thankful for that. I know that's going to it's going to benefit everyone who listens. And I bet everyone's wondering, wait, what was that book that they're doing? Talking about with premarital, you mentioned it, but it's called Love That Lasts. It's um, Gary and Betsy Ricucci's book. It's short, but it, it packs a punch. It's great. I'm sure it's in the bookstore. So if anyone is wanting a resource, 
um, to kind of look over and addresses husbands and wives together and separately and um, so everyone's nodding their heads. We can all recommend this book. It is, um, it's just a good refresher for your marriage. Um, so you can pick that up if you've not read that before um, or if you just want to read it again. Well, thanks again, ladies, and thanks for listening.